Welcome to Gutter Trash, episode 149, Any Empire, by Nate Powell. My name is Eric. I'm Jason. Hello, Jason. Hello, Eric. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. <laughs> Welcome to my show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't really my show. Can I sleep here tonight? It's yours. Okay. This whole place... <laughs> Uh, that drawer full of underwear, those Pez dispensers, it's all yours, buddy. Sweet. Do you have any Pez dispensers? Uh, I might. Yeah? I don't, uh... Every nerd should. Uh, I could swear that I've bought at least one in the past year and a half. Right. So... I respect that. Yeah. If I don't have it, if I don't have one... I have had one recently. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. That's very cool. Uh, so hey, before we uh, get started, I want to say something about last week's episode. Oh yeah. Uh, we 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 slagged on uh, Highlander a little bit. The Highlander movie. We uh, we we did not enjoy that movie. We did not. Uh. <laughs> And we, uh, in particular, did not enjoy the acting abilities of one Christopher Lambert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. That's, that's, that goes about saying. Yeah. I, I did a little reading up on Christopher Lambert, uh, after the show. Uh huh. And I kind of grew some respect for the guy. Really? Yeah. Did he really cut those people's heads off? <laughs> he did. Yeah. Okay, uh, I'm with you. Yeah. He's awesome. Uh. <laughs> No, I uh, I wound up reading, uh, like, I guess in an interview, uh, they were talking to him about being sort of the level of celebrity and actor that he is. Right. And, like, he basically came out and said that he knows he's not good. That that Highlander is pretty much, like, the peak of his abilities. Really? And that's his thing. And as much as he wishes he could be like a Robert De Niro, he knows that he can't. And all he can really do is do a Highlander and do the best with that that he can do. Huh. And that really endeared him to me. Yeah. I can see that. And then I discovered that uh, the man is practically blind unless he's wearing glasses. Really? And that is why he has such dead eyes and a faraway stare. Because he can't see shit when he's in movies. <laughs> no contacts? Can't nope. wear the contacts? And, uh, and I guess like uh, some of the the uh, medieval scenes in, in Highlander when, uh, you know, battle scenes or whatever, uh, they had to reshoot continuously because he kept forgetting to take off his glasses when he was riding up on horseback. <laughs> uh, well, there was glasses back then, right? I mean, uh, I don't know. There had to have been glasses. People had... Oh, come on. I've seen it in, like... In, in 1500s? In the 1500s? Did they make glasses back then? I don't know. <laughs> there wasn't, like, an I-Mart? <laughs> uh, let me call my friend Amanda. She works there. Yeah. I say, I know they had... Well, for sure they had Walmarts, and there's usually, like, a, uh, an I-Mart in a Walmart. Right. I don't think it's an I-Mart. I think it's, like, Walmart's I-Special uh, place. Right. I don't know. Yeah. They have their own thing. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, that's cool, though. Yeah. I mean, at least he, at least he's like not like I'm a badass. I'm amazing. No, like, yeah, he's like, he's... yeah. This is what I do. Is yeah. I mean, it's kind of like us. We know we're not good. Right. We're 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 we are the nearsighted French of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Very well put. Very well put. <laughs> well then, okay. Kudos to you, Mister Lambert. Yeah. Lambert, whatever. S- I could say Lambert. Lambert. French. Yeah. Um, that said, that was still a terrible movie. Awful film. He's still not a good actor. No, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I feel a little bit bad about uh, slagging on him. Oh. Well, I I feel like we we mostly just slagged on the actual film. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we did not like the film. We didn't have nothing against him. No, yeah. Keep uh, doing what you're doing, Christopher Lambert. Yeah, yeah. You're doing just fine. Yes, you are. You're doing better than we are. Yep. <laughs> uh, the man was married to Diane Lane for a while. Diane Lane. I feel like I know who that would be. Uh, she is currently married to Josh Brolin. She is also currently cast as uh, Ma Kent in the new Superman movie. Huh. Diane Lane. Uh, she was in Judge Dredd. Okay. As uh, the female judge. Uh, Side Judge Anderson. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't remember. Oh, she's super hot, that's all I know. Okay. Milfy. 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 She's 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 uh, crazy with the milfiness. Oh, yeah. And uh, as, uh, as I look. said, uh, when, uh, when, uh, when she got uh, announced as cast as uh, Ma Kent, I said, because when I think Ma Kent, I think that's somebody I want to fuck. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Grody. Any <laughs> Empire, Nate Powell. Yeah, Nate Powell's comics. <laughs> That's a good segue from yeah. uh, thinking about, you know, Milfy, Milfy Mockin, Milfy Mockin to uh, Any Empire. <laughs> <laughs> Nate Powell's second graphic novel from Top Shelf. Yep. In as many years, I believe. Uh, yeah, Was it two yeah. years ago? One year ago? Uh, 2009, so two years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, episode 10 is really? the episode that we reviewed uh, that first graphic Really? Novel. Was it that long ago? Yep. Wow. Man. Time flies when you're wasting your life. Yep. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, uh... So, uh, Am I dumb? I don't think you're dumb. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Because I uh, think I might be dumb. Oh, really? Yeah. Because, uh... I don't know what I read. <laughs> you read Any Empire by Nate Powell. <laughs> I know what I read. I don't know what the contents of that were. Oh. Um... <laughs> well, it's something that you remember the title and the author. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Well, because because I'm thinking because because you know uh, uh, for some reason we we've, we've gotten into this terrible habit of recording a comic episode on Mondays, which is awful. Oh yeah, you yeah. Don't like, you don't like that? Uh, not particularly. But I know you want to spend time with your lady, and I guess I have to let you do that. <laughs> uh, but it it makes a makes it a bitch to to try to get these episodes out. Oh yeah, and yeah. Uh, so usually I try beforehand uh, to do my whole, uh, you know, uh, plot description 
okay. uh, before the episode. I gotcha. Uh, you know, some episodes I don't because uh, we, we describe it fairly well uh, within the show. Uh, but, you know, sometimes I think that uh, they need them. Yeah. And I could not for the life of me string together <laughs> any idea of what the plot of this book was. <laughs> you should have just, like, Googled it. Well, you know, there's the description on the back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't, and, you, and, do that. Uh, you know, yeah, Top Shelf's uh, website has uh, a similar description. Amazon has a description. Uh, but none of those apply, you think? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What, let's see, what does it say on the back here? Blah, 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 blah. A vivid examination of war and violence and their trickle-down effects on middle America. I can see how that applies, but sure. that, but it doesn't begin to, like, you know... It'd be like describing... It's not what the book is about. Yeah, no, yeah, no. <laughs> no. It'd be like describing Return of the Jedi as the Sarlacc pit gets hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's in there. But, uh, you know, <laughs> there's some other stuff, too. <laughs> um, yeah, this was a, a very strange book. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a, I think it's his statement on, on war and like, right. and like how, uh, you know, especially like Midwest, uh, middle class Americans view it and right. accept it and maybe even embrace it. Right. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, G.I. Joe was definitely my favorite toy. Right. Um, and, look, I get all of those points that he's making, and he kind of hammers it home quite a bit. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, but it's like a short burst. It's like, uh, okay, using Return of the Jedi. Uh, you know, it's like if, uh, you know, the, the plot outline of the movie said the Sonic Picks gets hungry. And then, like, you know, once every 30 minutes or so, we just, uh, see just, uh, one shot of the Sarlacc pack gruesomely devouring something. Right. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, that, that only lasts for like a minute. Uh, but then the rest of the movie is whatever else it is. Right, right. <laughs> like the biker speeders and right, the right. Kula Lee walks. He walks there. Uh, Slave Leia. Mm, don't get me started. <laughs> Alright, I won't. Uh,. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there's it, it, it's uh I mean like a large chunk of this is just like a it feels like a slice of life of uh you know growing up with right. with, with friends and like siblings and like it's a really good I I think those are my favorite parts of the book actually right. like the the just the like the slice of life um you know uh adolescent kind of stuff I uh I don't know. Uh, I think part of my problem with this is that it feels so disconnected. Uh, like it is just, it's a collection of, of scenes and snippets from like three different characters' lives, mm-hmm. uh, that are all very loosely tied together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, over some turtles. Uh, not even that. Yeah. Not even that. That is, and that's in the description on the back too. They uh, mention the turtles, really? Yeah. Uh, small town kids Lee, Sarah, and Purdy find themselves bound together by the by geography, boredom, and a rash of mysterious turtle mutilations, forcing them to confront the reality of their suburban power fantasies. 
After losing touch with each other, their lives collide again as adults in a struggle for the future amidst painful questions of privilege, betrayal, betrayal, and courage. None of that's in this book. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, some of it's in this book. There's a turtle mutilation. Yeah. That yeah. is uh, not a mystery. <laughs> right. Uh, that's pretty much figured out from the get-go. Yeah, yeah. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, it's uh it's weird. Okay. I uh I'm n- I will I will say man, it's like it's like I don't want to say anything bad about this book because there's so much I like about about this book and right. about the guy that made it. But I really didn't like the ending of this book at all. I didn't like the ending either. Like I thought it well A also made no sense. It didn't. It really <laughs> it really didn't. Ah, I wanted to make it make sense, and I was hoping that you would say something that made me go, oh, damn, that's what it was all about. Nope. Um, Can't help you. <laughs> because leading up to it, I mean, I was with it. I thought I thought the characters were interesting. I thought the artwork was phenomenal. All right, let me go ahead and put out right now, you know, for, for whatever negative vibes I might be throwing out there, the artwork in this is fucking beautiful. He, he is the master of brushstrokes. Oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> and just like, and as far as like using black and white art to its fullest effect, I honestly think he's he's on par with like Bernie Wrightson and Frank Miller and yeah. any of those guys. He is great. Uh, at least as far as his artwork goes, he mm-hmm. is fantastic. Yeah, and there is not a bad word I can say about that. Well, there is one bad oh. word I can say about oh. that. Oh. Uh. Towards the ending of, I guess, middle to end, uh, when when the characters are are adults, um, particularly uh, a couple of the characters go off to war. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're all wearing uniforms, and they're all heavily shadowed, and I could not tell who was who anymore. Like, right. like there's a certain point where the characters all sort of look alike. Right. Didn't they, they have the name tags on their uniforms? Really yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't and, remember. And also, there's a couple points where the uh, the the main character, or the main male character, and the main female character, occasionally also look alike. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, they're both blonde. You know, they both have uh, bangs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're skinny. Skinny. Yeah. Uh, then, like, just close-up shots of, like, their faces. Yeah, whatever. okay. There's not a lot of variety there, so. I gotcha. I got confused a couple times about that. Like, one of them needs freckles or glasses or right, something. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. But, uh, but for the most part, the art is fantastic. I agree. He is, I think he's one of the best artists in comics. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, like, I get that it's all about, you know, like, like it, it takes place in different segments of their life too, different sections of their life because right. you know Hazelm has kids playing with, playing with, uh, you know like dead grenades and talking about throwing stars and I, right, I totally yeah. remember all that when I was a kid. Yeah. I had neighbors and friends and they're all like, they all had throwing stars and I didn't have a throwing star, right. a shuriken. But they, we didn't call them that. We called them Chinese stars. Right. I call them throwing stars because we ninja were stars. We were rednecks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, ninja stars. We yeah. call them ninja stars. But yeah, all my, all my friends had one because they all went to Trader's World. I'd never been to Trader's World. Neither have I. And, uh, I never had one either. And uh, one so of them, I'm with you. you're with me. <laughs> we're we're shurikenless. Yeah. 
And one of them even had a dead grenade, yeah. um, which these guys, these kids buy. So, I mean, like, all that I get, I can relate to. Um, you know, like, for some reason, we are, uh, like, I remember watching Platoon when I was uh, really young, right. just like this kid did in the, in the book. And, like, all these things do affect you. And, like, you know, you see the world differently based on all the violence and, and war and, like, how accepted war is by adults when you're a kid. Right. But I think... Also in the 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 mid eighties, uh, for some reason that was like a big part of our lives. Uh, I mean, you know, and GI Joe is figured heavily into this book, right? And that was a huge part of our childhoods. Oh yeah, uh, and you know, like all my friends, it wasn't Platoon; it was you know Rambo movies. Yeah, you know, uh, and, and uh, yeah, and then, like there there seemed to be a ton of war movies. And even if they weren't just straight-out war movies, there'd be, like, you know, those shitty direct-to-TV or VHS uh, <laughs> action movies, oh, yeah. you know, about... Uh, Phantom Raiders and all know, those. Crazy commandos out in the jungle, you know, and, and just, yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, like, my, our friends and I, we would all get together in our clubhouse, and, uh, you know, we would all play Iran-Contra, where we would take turns uh, pretending to be Ollie North, and the other <laughs> character, other kids would be, uh, you know, the... The district attorney and the judge, and no, no, just, no. <laughs> but yeah, no, no. You're right. It was like a very like a very popular theme amongst children's toys right. and like children's cartoons for people our age, anyway. Right yeah. in the in the mid '80s. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I remember one of my friends that did have a uh, ninja star. Uh, it was camouflage. My friend John's his was camouflage too. <laughs> So yeah, camo and, and war and all that stuff was was a huge part of our childhoods, and that factors into this book a lot. Uh, and of course, you know, we we uh, all grew up to be you know of age right when we uh, decided to go into three different wars, four different wars, yeah. however many we're in right now. Yeah, at least seven. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, hmm. Uh, felt like you were leading to something, and I totally derailed you. Oh no, no, I, no! I was just saying, like, as much as I can relate to that, it, it seems like, you know, he was kind of making statements about, about, you know, just like how ingrained in our society, uh, like war for fun is, and like how fantasy right. and reality keep getting mixed up because, like, these kids that watch. You know, G.I. Joe cartoons and Rambo cartoons, and then they also see Platoon, and, you know, it's all, like, kind of meshed together, and, like, some of it's a little more real or based on reality than others, and, uh, and one of these kids, you know, Purdy, ends up joining the army, or Marines, I forget which, but, uh, and and even when he does, it's some sort of, like, like, you remember the bats from G.I. Joe that had the interchangeable hands? Like, he reminds me of that. Well, yeah, that's where the story just sort of... I mean, I wasn't getting it up to that point anyway. Yeah. But then all of a sudden it just totally goes into the left field. It gets really bizarre, yeah. It's like it, it just all of a sudden you're not sure what's real and what isn't because, right. you know, supposedly he's in the Army and everything, and then all of a sudden, like, he's got an injury, and then, like, they give him, like, a claw hand, and right. he's, like, throwing tanks around, and you're like, you know, I don't know, maybe that's what Nate was trying to go for, like, talk about, you know... Like when you played with toys when you were little, you know, you did all that kind of stuff, and this this does kind of play out like, you know, some sort of action figure toy fantasy that you would have. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It can. 
now that you say that, I, I can almost see you like the ending of that of the book sort of you know playing out in that that manner, right? You know, like uh, with with you know boys just you know playing tanks and GI Joe, and yeah. all that, and then the girl interrupts it all with you know the phones ringing, yeah, 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 like don't touch my dog, and, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, I mean, it's very strange. Like I. Personally, I would have liked it better, and this might be, you know, because I like really simple, boring things. Right. Um, I I love the beginning of it and, the, like, up to the middle of it, and I would have loved it if it would have just been, like, a lot more subtle and, like, none of that, none of that, uh... Preachy? Yeah, like, it got really preachy with, like, there was an awesome two-page spread of, like, different, uh... War uniforms, military right. uni- military uniforms throughout the years, and everyone walking in a row, and like there was no words on or background on the page, and it was an awesome page, and it was clearly saying all these wars are the same, you know, it's all right. it's never ending, and you know, it's it's all pointless. Like I, I get I get that he's saying that, but I think I would have liked it more if it would have just been more of a slice of life thing about just these kids and how they grew up, and right. you know, nothing really crazy happened. I uh, tend to agree. Uh, yeah, cause, cause, yeah, the, the whole, like, it gets, like, at the end, it gets into, like, this weird sci-fi place. Yeah. And then there's, like, time travel, yeah. maybe. Oh, yeah, and, like, yeah, uh. like, Purdy and his friends see, they, like, as kids, they venture to the spot that they've been trying to find, and right. they get there, and, like, themselves, uh, as, as adults, adults having gone AWOL, are there. And it's, and it's, and like, they, the adult, like, recognizes himself as a kid, and then he just kind of ignores it and hops in the pond, and. Right. Like, I, I didn't get that part, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think we're dumb. Um, I mean, we joke about it all the time, but I think this is one of those things that it just, it, it kind of delved into territory that was maybe, I don't want to say pretentious, but it was just a little too far in left field to, right. like, to, to be grounded as a linear story. Right. Uh, I mean, that said, though, there are a lot of parts of this book that I did like. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like, you know, the small little segments. Uh, I mean, like you said, like, like I, I enjoyed the sort of slice of life aspects of the book. You know, seeing these characters and, uh, you know, I mostly enjoyed more seeing them as adults than I did as kids. Yeah. Uh, Particularly when, when Lee, you know, uh, you know, he's trying to find a job and, uh, that's when he meets Sarah, but like he also has that terrible date that he goes on. Alright. Uh, you know, just the little things like that I really enjoyed. Uh, oh, I love the scene where she's interviewing him. Yeah. And there's this like two page spread and it's like all these, I mean, you don't see any, there's no narration, no thought balloons, nothing, but there's just all these little tiny panels of, Things that Lee sees, like right. her, like a picture of her dog on her desk and her ashtray, and like he looks at her eyes really closely, and like it, it's awesome. It's like great storytelling as far as right. like what Lee is paying attention to and what he's, you know, what he's learning about Sarah, and right. like that is amazing. I thought that was great. Uh, even beforehand, and you know, this is this is maybe where we're gonna get too masculine here. <laughs> That's but, what uh, we do, though. I mean, we're big uh, old, big old sweaty dudes. Yeah. Uh, like the, the scene, right, when he's, uh, being led into the back office and, like, there's just a panel of Sarah's ass. Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, 
That's a thing I would do. Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. 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 There's like yeah. She's just talking, and there's just like a quick panel where he sees her ass, and there's no like. It doesn't like cut to his eyes like no, bulging yeah, or yeah. like it's just it's just a quick ass shot, <laughs> and like you know that's what he he took a glance, yeah, you know, yeah. and he hasn't seen her like they grew up together, right? And he probably always had a crush on her. And, uh, you know, now, like, they're back in contact, and, you know, he's, like, checking her out. And right, right. It's so, it's so, you know, it's just well done. Like, he is, Nate is great with, like, characterization and storytelling right. with, you know, just the sort of subtle elements like that. I agree. I agree. Like, another, oh, I'm sorry. No, what, what? I was going to say, one of my favorite artistic things in the book is this is the scene where Sarah gets home from work, and she's, like, stressed out, and there's all these answering machine messages, and her house is, like, full of shit, uh, like, you know, it's just full of detail and, like, all the crap that's in her house, and then she lights a cigarette, and, like, everything just, like, turns, like, very minimal and calm. Right. I thought that was amazing. Like... I mean, I'm not even a smoker. I've been a smoker years and years and years ago. Right. But I can totally see, like, that, that, yeah, that yeah. was, like, the perfect depiction of that sort of, like, calming effect. Right. Like, where everything just sort of fades into the background and disappears, and you're like, ah, when you're smoking a cigarette. Right. Like, I thought that was, I've never seen that done exactly like that. That was pretty amazing. Uh, I mean, I think... Because cause, uh, the astute listener will want uh, to go back to episode 10. Oh, of course. Why wouldn't they? And uh, listen to uh, the review of uh, Salami Hole, which uh, I did not enjoy. Yeah. Uh, and I think I can safely say, between reading both of these books, that I... And it's weird, because that's not usually a kind of thing I'm into, but I really think I enjoy him... When he is just being subtle and just doing sort of character studies, and when he starts veering off into the bizarre, is where he loses me. Right, I can uh, see that. Yeah, and it's like I want to like Nick Powell. I want to like his books a lot because you know I met him a couple times at Space or whatever, and he's a super nice guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and I think he's a fantastic artist. Uh, but there is just something between me and him that we're just not meeting in the middle. You think it's just his writing, maybe? It could be. I mean, I think I think he's a good writer. I really think he's solid as far as, like, he knows how to make characters and he knows how to breathe life into them. Right. But I think... He hasn't grasped telling a story yet. I think I think his storytelling is, is his weakest spot. Yeah. But, I mean... I mean, compared to his artwork, I mean, like, he's right. still a phenomenal, oh, yeah. a phenomenal, like, force in the, in comics. But I do think his art is, you know, Stronger a thousand times yeah, better than his yeah. writing, yeah. I think it just comes down to plot. I think he clearly has, uh, an idea of what he wants to do. I just think that somewhere along the line he loses it in the execution. Right. Like, like, he can, totally nail those small moments and you can totally experiment with with storytelling like pacing and everything like that or, right. or just visuals and get across his point but I think it's when it's trying to tie it all together and make a coherent plot you know point A to point B to right. C ow <laughs> fuck it <laughs> that was the ghost of Napal biting your finger <laughs> uh, uh 
But yeah, I think him beginning from from the beginning to end, I think he, he loses it somewhere. Maybe, excuse me. Maybe he doesn't even need a, you know a writer. Maybe he's fine as the writer. He just needs a, an editor. editor. Yeah. yeah, or like. Or like somebody to be like, this isn't. I mean, I guess that's what an editor is. Like, this right, isn't yeah. working. Maybe tighten that part up. As, right, right. Explain that better or something. But yeah, I think I think he's amazing. But I agree. Like the story kind of lost me, and like it was a little confusing. And like I was a little disappointed with the ending. Like I didn't. I didn't really like it. I didn't think it was great closure. I just think right. it just kind of happened. Yeah, I like I said, it's it's. It's a really excellent compilation of tiny moments that don't work together as a whole. Yeah. <clears throat> I could see that. The, uh, some of the whole is less than the parts, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Because, uh, like, like, a couple of my favorite moments was, like, uh, it's like he's, uh, as a little kid, Lee is, uh, forced to, uh, sort of hang out with Purdy. Even though he clearly does not want to. Oh yeah, that was an awesome scene. Yeah, and like, uh, Purdy steals his comics and, uh. And bl- like blatantly. Like, yeah, I'm just, I'm taking this. Yep, these are mine now. Yeah. yeah. That uh, was so familiar to me, that, that whole scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or, uh, the scene, uh, where he and his dad are watching, uh, the cartoon. And, and just that sort of, I mean, that's a little bit more of the uh, slamming you over the head with the message kind right, of thing. Yeah. But but I still thought it was a well put together scene. Uh, was it was they watching like a war cartoon? Uh, it was the uh, it was like an old, like like Nate Powell recreated like an old uh, cartoon I think called. Uh, uh, what the hell was it? It wasn't it wasn't Watership Down or anything. No, it's not Watership Down. Uh, but, like, apparently it's an actual cartoon from, like, 1939. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, but it's about, uh, mice or squirrels or something. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And they live in, like, their huts are, like, human uh, helmets. And, right, with okay. skulls. Or, yeah. Yeah. Like, I thought that whole scene when his dad, uh, you know trying to explain to him that uh, war isn't glamorous or anything like that. You know? Right. Uh, I thought that was a well-put-together scene, but... Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is one of the more uh, you know, bashy-over-the-head kind of moments. Right. Uh, and he... Um, it seems like he does have, like, kind of a political leaning in his writing, usually. Right. I mean, you know, sort of, like, anti-war, anti-racism, you know. And, like, you know, that's awesome. Like, I agree with those things, but... I think maybe it is a little heavy-handed sometimes, the right. execution. Uh, the name of the cartoon was Peace on Earth. Peace on Earth, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and, you know, I mean, he's, uh, you know, he owns his own record label, and he's in, like, 17 bands, right. and, you know, uh, he's self-published himself for years, so he's he's definitely uh, got the punk rock, uh, you know. right. Uh, attitude. The DIY nature. Right, right. So, you know, I can see where that all comes in. Right. right. I, yeah, it's, it's part of him. I mean, yeah, it's who he yeah. is. Yeah, I, yeah, he is, I mean, he's definitely an artist who I will, I will probably buy everything he does from now on, but, right. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's like 80% the artwork though. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, his artwork is stellar. I mean, it is, Top notch, right. and uh, I respect it totally. But yeah, the story could you know could be a little better for my liking. Right. I think uh, when we did review Swami Hall, we we uh, both said that uh, 
even that book. And then I know you really like that one. I think I, I think I like the story in that one better, actually. Right, right. But I think we both pretty much came away with it saying that, uh, you know, reading that book felt like we were seeing someone on the cusp. Right. And, uh, I remember saying, I think his next book will be the, the one. And, right, right. And like, maybe it's the next one, though. Yeah, it's the yeah, next yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> I still feel it. I still feel like he's going to do something that just blows my mind. Like I said, it's like, you know, he and I have like this place where we need to meet in the middle and we're just not there yet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Because <laughs> I I really want to be a fan of this guy. Yeah. Because he is super nice when I met him in person, and he's an amazing artist. And it's just like all the elements are there; they're just not not they're not clicked yet. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. Um. Oh yeah, I want to say something too. Like this this book for the most part is not funny. No. no. Uh, but there was one part that. Like I laughed out loud. I was I was actually sitting in a Denny's eating breakfast when when I read like half of this. <laughs> I read half of it by myself in a Denny's, and um, um, there was the the part of the beginning where uh, I think it's when Lee is playing with toys, and you see like you just see like the toys in action as if it was a cartoon, you know, like Lee's not there moving them around. It's just like them moving themselves, and there's a scene where like there's a. Uh, a good guy and a good lady, and they're like trying to like break into the evil fortress. And oh, you mean uh, Scarlet and Snake Eyes? Scarlet and Snake Eyes. Yeah, and yeah. Scarlet gets shot in the ass, <laughs> and, uh, and Snake Eyes says something about he's like, "We're gonna get out of this, and then we're gonna get married." <laughs> and it was just so perfect. Like I didn't expect that at all. And it, I mean, it was such like a line that a kid would say, and it wasn't like supposed to be funny. It was like the kid... I could just right, see the kid right. going, yeah, and then we're going to get married. Yeah! Right. And, you know, it was perfect. Yeah. It was such a, like, little kid moment. Except for the fact that Snake Eyes doesn't talk. What? Oh, yeah, you're right. But it wasn't, it wasn't actually Snake Eyes. I mean... Uh, yeah, so, any of our... Uh, pretty to look at. I think that's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and it's interesting. I it's mean, interesting. It, it, good characters. And, uh, like I don't know. Again, it, it seems it's more suited as a uh, a series of short stories about these characters rather than one big narrative. It really did feel like I don't know if this was intended to be a miniseries, but it really did feel like there was chapters, right? And like they all seemed about like comic length. It wasn't right. like they were like fifty pages. I mean, they were all like. Like, I don't know. Maybe he did. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I because rem- I remember seeing preview art for this uh, a year or two back. Right. Yeah, so maybe he maybe he did intend it to be that way. And just finally decided to to put it all together. Maybe his publisher told him to put it all together. I don't know. I, like I could have seen this as a Vertigo miniseries. Like yeah. him trying to pitch that or yeah. something. I know he's got. He's got his foot in the door in Vertigo. He's he's done. He did something at, on Sweet Tooth. He did in like oh, a few yeah, pages. Same, same, yeah. I'd love to see him do some more of that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Good Any stuff. Empire. Good Any stuff. Yeah. Not 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 you know not not my favorite thing he's ever done, but yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah uh, you know, I can't give it a full recommendation. You know, I can't can't say that I loved it, but uh, you know, it was good. And it's beautiful, beautifully yeah, drawn. It's gorgeous to look at. So yeah, check it out. Maybe wait for a paperback. I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know. They never did a paperback of Swallow Me Whole. Well, then uh, you're fucked. <laughs> hey, but I mean, at a, a $20 hardcover that's got to be like 300 and something pages, I don't know. Right. Uh, that's, that's reasonably priced. I don't know. I'm, uh, you know, Brian Bendis uh, went on Twitter a couple weeks ago and said that uh, he was never going to publish any uh, paperbacks of his own creator own stuff again. Right. And uh, I don't know. I just uh, find that distasteful. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, sometimes you just don't want to pay for a hardcover. I would think, though, if this was a soft cover, it'd still be like $16, $17. Right, yeah. So it's pretty thick. Do it, Napal. Do it, top shelf. Yeah. The break, fuck's your problem? Break some, uh, it's got that nice embossed letter. Yeah, that's weird. It's also weird that it's sort of uh, curved in the middle. Yeah, it looks like it's been sitting in the sun. Did right. you leave it out in the sun for a few days? I did. Yeah. I also uh, ran it over with my car. That could have that could have been it. Yeah. The running yeah. over of the car. Yeah, it just kind of parked like on top of it for a while. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, the tire tracks. Yeah. That explains yeah. it too. All right, then, let's take a break. Okie dokie. And uh, we'll be back. Yeah. Welcome back to Gutter Trash. <laughs> We're here in our chairs. We're queer in our bears. What? In our bears? Yeah. What's that mean? Uh, you know, a bear. Like a, a giant gay man? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <clears throat> a tough a tough fella who's sweet sweet on the inside. What's up, buddy? No, not much. Yeah? Yeah. Well, we talked about a comic book. Did you read any other comics this week? Um, I read uh, Ultimate Spider-Man number two. Oh, yeah. that good? It was fine. Miles Mayhem. As, or, what's his name? Morales. Miles, Miles Morales. Yeah. That's the guy from Mask. Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, he has a mustache. Yeah. Spider-Man has no mustache. No, because he's only like 12 years old. Oh. Can't grow one yet. Really? He's yeah. only like 12, really? Yeah. 12? Uh-huh. Wow. 12, 13, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, maybe. A good book, though? Uh, it's enjoyable so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, only two issues in, and Bendis uh, likes to drag things out. So, what? Yeah. Uh, but, but they're enjoyable. 
you know, uh, he's not suited up yet. He's he's really only discovered his powers so far. I haven't I haven't heard anything from our customers about that book probably because they haven't opened the bag right. that number one came in yet. But uh, well, number two is out now. That wasn't in the bag. But they can't read that until they read number one. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them never read it. I uh, I tore open that fucking bag for number one the minute I got home. With with a, like an exacto knife that we could save it. No, fucking. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. I don't even know you anymore, you brute. I will also say that. Uh, god damn it, that was like the toughest bag to try to open. Really? Yeah. Like there was like no real place to like grip it to like pull the bag open. Right. Yeah, because I was. My point of attack was basically like a bag of potato chips. Right, like a, yeah, a Doritos or whatnot. Right, right. Uh, maybe a Grippo. Ooh, I love the Grippos. <laughs> and, uh... I just spent $18 on Grippo powder. <laughs> we went over to Dunks to get you know, a glass of tea, and I spent $30. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with me? But anyway, yeah, that bag was... <laughs> Uh, To clarify, you bought, uh, it was like seasoning powder that they use on Grippo's potato chips. Yeah, Yeah. Cincinnati's own Grippo's. Right. Started as a pretzel company. Yeah. Became uh, known for their potato chips. And and, uh, you are, uh, let's say it's an addiction. I would say a lifelong fan. That's the nice way to (laughs) put it. Of the uh, the barbecue flavored Grippo's. Oh my god, yes. And this is the this is basically what they coat the barbecue chips in. Their secret recipe, right? I mean, you bought uh, three six dollar bottles of this powder. I had never seen it before for sale. I my cousin who's from Kentucky, where the first time I ever ate Grippos was when I went to visit her in Kentucky. She recently uh, moved back to here from Kentucky, and she had came up with a... I mean, she brought... She didn't come up with this. She's not a scientist that right. developed this mythic powder. She she brought this uh, jar of Grippo's powder with her, and I've been using it on... Like, I've, I've used it on peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> I've used it on stir-fry. I've just, like, put it in my hands and ate it by itself. It's so good. And we were at Dots to get a drink, and, like, all of a sudden, I saw a little rack of this powder. There. I, I just have to say I flipped out. Yes, you did. And, and you had been in that aisle. I I don't think they've ever had that before. Well, no, like that, like two minutes before that. Right. You were in that aisle yeah. buying Grippo's potato chips. Yeah, right. And uh, you and I had gotten separated, and he came out looking for me, and then I went down that aisle, and that's when you spotted him. Oh, I'm so glad you went down that aisle. <laughs> you, it, I, I feel like a, I feel like a. A blushing bride. Uh, see, you know, you walking down that aisle changed my life. <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't wait to get home. And and yeah, you froze in place and just nearly had a seizure. <laughs> and oh. I was looking at the bottle and it says it's good for steak and burgers, chicken, and chicken, but uh, none of which I eat. No. <laughs> the only thing listed on there that you do eat is salad. Yeah, I'll put it on my salad. <laughs> I'll put it on my freaking cereal. I I couldn't believe my cousin when she got back. She was like, "Oh yeah, I bought this powder," and it was like half empty. You know, she'd been eating it. Right. She's like, "Oh, I didn't even think I should have bought you one." And I was just like, "Yeah, you should have." <laughs> and I even thought of like, I should just drive to Kentucky 
see if I can find some. But and now you have oh. three ten ounce bottles of it. Yeah, <laughs> that should be good for a while. Uh, anyway, what were we talking about? That bag was hard to open. Oh yeah, the bag was hard to open. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like uh, I had to wind up uh, like digging my fingernails into it and just like ripping Ooh. it apart. And you know, the comic folded and yeah. Yeah. See, maybe that's their plan. Like, they'll all get damaged and you'll have to buy another one. Oh, yeah. And you keep opening them like, oh, this one's fucked up, too. Or uh, I'm just going to keep the one that I had that I opened because uh, I'm not that guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I respect that. I have uh, not been that guy since 1992. I totally respect that. <laughs> totally respect that. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Uh, I think the only other thing I read was uh, Hawkman. Uh, number one. Savage Hawkman. Savage Hawkman. He, he was, he paid dearly for that adjective. <laughs> don't, don't you shorten that adjective. <laughs> Those adjectives don't come cheap. That's true. Uh, it was okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nah. The art is, eh. It's really muddy and brown and it's really crappy, digitally painted. Uh, yeah. Who's, who's writing it? Tony Daniel. Mm. Who I also do not enjoy. Right. Wow. So he's writing Hawkman, writing Detective, and drawing Detective. Yep. On a monthly basis. Yep. That's pretty impressive. Not really. No. No. It's a lot of stuff to do. Not really. The drawing part, sure. Yeah. But writing, fuck that. Yeah, I guess. I guess writing seems like it would take less time. Yeah. But yeah, he puts a lot of detail in his artwork, though. So. Mm, shitty detail. Oh, <laughs> you know, I'm not a super fan, but I think that Detective Number One was the best thing I've seen him draw. Mm. It's possibly one of the worst things I've ever seen, and still the best thing you've seen him draw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't read any. I haven't read any comics at all this week. I've been a bad little nerd. <laughs> I uh, yeah, couldn't really read anything else because I was reading uh, any Empire. Mm-hmm. And, uh, usually, uh, weeks before we do a comic show, that's that's pretty much all I have time to read. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, I would say that maybe I could catch up this next week, but then I'm going to start reading my next pick, right? Uh, so that I can give it to you by the time that I pick it. Hey, that's that's cool. <laughs> yeah. And then I can use that week to read something else. I'll probably I, try to finish Super Gods. I think, uh, for some reason, I only read like three comics now, I believe, maybe four, with the new DC stuff, but yeah. I think three of them all come out the same week, because I was looking at the list, and Sweet Tooth comes out this week, OMAC comes out this week, and I th- think Kirby Genesis was on the list, too. Yeah. And I think I only read four books, and those are three of them. So, like, this is my week to read some comics. I'm kind of excited. Good luck to you. Yeah. I'll probably read a couple after work tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah. yeah. Enjoy them. Yeah. Enjoy them. I wish you luck. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything else exciting been going on? Uh, nope. I went. I went. Oh, I, I did a bunch of visiting. I uh, I the plants. <laughs> yeah, I, I ate some mice. Uh, peeled off my lizard skin. Um, you know, visitor. I'm a visitor. 
That's what I do. <laughs> no, I, I went and visited my brother, who, who I don't see too often. Uh, went and visited him Thursday night, and we had some uh, we had some dinner, had some pasta, and <laughs> sat around and talked about funny books. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty awesome, actually. Good times. It was a good time. Sounds like good times. And then yesterday, I went with my lovely lady friend Kathleen Coyle. We went and visited her grandma. Yeah. And hung out with her for a little bit, just a little bit. Did you get your ass kicked? She kicked my ass, yeah. <laughs> she's a tough lady. Um, she's about to move to Florida, she says. Yeah. And we hung out with her for... She's tired of all the crime. Tired of the crime in Dayton. Yeah. And then we went to hang out with her dad, and we had some Mexican food with her dad. And yeah. Just chilled and watched... I watched about 240 laps of NASCAR. Why? He, well, he's a big NASCAR fan. And I have never, ever watched more than four seconds in one day of NASCAR. Why would you ever need? <laughs> it was kind of uh, way more, like, uh, like it kind of drew me in and relaxed me. It was bizarre. It was like, it was almost as relaxing as watching golf. Because, I mean, you know what, they're, you know, they're just going to keep going in circles. And, yeah. you know, it's not like anything crazy is going to happen other than, you know, crazy. Occasionally, I think there was like a couple wrecks, but nobody got hurt. Or anything. Right. But it was, it was surprisingly like, just like mesmerizing somehow. Like, I don't think I would ever watch another NASCAR race of my own accord. But, uh, you know, forever to your dad's house again, he's watching it. It's not something I'm going to, you know, not look forward to. It's kind of weird. Kind of weird. Who would have thought white trash turning left would be so excited? <laughs> uh, I still don't think it's exciting. Well, no, I, I yeah, it's not exciting, but it was uh, engaging somehow. Something wrong with you? Were you drunk? I was not drunk. Were you overdosed on Grippo powder? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, no. But I will be this time tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was kind of fun though. Was kind of, I mean, they they do four hundred laps. Can you believe that? Yeah, some of them do five hundred. Wow. Yeah. Is that what they call the Indy five hundred? I until this moment I didn't know what that meant. I swear to God. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Or sometimes did. it's miles or kilometers. Well, this one I think was a a, a mile a mile track. I think it was exactly a mile. So it was four hundred miles, but. But yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. They do a, they do, I was like, oh my god. You know, like when he turned it on, it was like, I don't know, a hundred and something laps in. And I was like, oh, this is gonna take forever. Yeah. But like, they do a lap like every, I don't know, 40 seconds or something. It's, it's pretty crazy. It and soccer. Two of the worst things that I've ever had to sit through when I worked at the TV station. Right. Yeah. Uh, actually, soccer wasn't entirely too bad because, like, each half, quarter, whatever. Period. Period. I don't know. Uh, I'll say, I'll say half. I think it's a half. Goes 45 minutes. And during that entire time, no commercial breaks. Really? Yeah. Like, uh, like, ABC would pop up like like in a little like window picture window box mm-hmm. with like a commercial and like the sound would take over 
but like still the mo- most of the screen would still be the soccer uh, match. And then like in between each period or whatever, then we'd have to run our local commercials. But you know, for forty-five minutes straight, nothing. Were they just there was no breaks, like no timeouts? They were just playing, playing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This was like that too. There was like some uh, some scenes like that where there was just a little square in the corner right, that yeah. showed the the lap countdown and the you know the cars. Yeah. They would, uh, yeah, uh, two of the worst things I've ever had to, to do when I went to the station. Just sit there and watch it. <sighs> I'm sorry. It's alright, it's alright. Like, uh, like I could get into, uh, into football when that was on. Yeah, I'm not a sports guy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I could get into the football when that was on. I could uh, get into baseball, you know. Uh, in fact, actually, I really look forward to, to football games when uh, when I work there. Really? Yeah. Football is my least favorite sport I've oh, ever watched. Yeah, I'm, mine too. But, I'd, uh, I'd rather watch shuffleboard than football. Yeah, but, uh, but you know, it was uh, a treat when I was working there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. He did uh, <clears throat> Kathleen's Pappy. He would switch back well, like when the race was... <laughs> I started to say when the race was born. Right. Uh, he, like periodically, he would switch over to the Browns game and watch them lose for a while, and then right. he would switch back to the. Sounds like my dad on a Sunday. Yeah, switch back forth between uh, football games <laughs> and uh, you know golf if it's on. With, with all seriousness, I think her dad is fucking awesome because right. that is his life. Like at least at least on the weekends, he just chills in that chair, watches his football, watches his NASCAR, plays with his kitty cat. He's, right. He just lives there, just him and the kitty cat. He's pretty awesome. I don't know. Yeah. Good guy. Good guy. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. We're not having him on the show. <laughs> oh, because, <laughs> because my next pick was his favorite movie ever. Oh, The Secret of Nim. <laughs> of course it would <laughs> <laughs> no, I bet, I'm, I, if I had to guess, I'd guess his favorite movie. I don't know. I would guess it would be like a John Wayne movie, that sort of thing. Something, something with a little, you know, a little, uh, a little grit to it. Right, right. True. Oh! Wow. <laughs> that is bizarre. I swear, subconsciously, I must have said grit because. But yeah, yeah, a little tooth, a little tooth, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. 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 Should I pick a movie? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Secret of Nim, and we're having Glenn, uh, Glenn Coyle special guest. <laughs> Vito. <laughs> okay. Well, then, since he vetoed, uh, we talked about this movie the other day, and, uh, I don't think I ever would just watch it on my own accord, but let's, let's try it out. Let's watch Cold Souls. All right, then. Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. Uh, Vito, but you can pick another Paul Giamatti. <laughs> really? Uh, Planet of the Apes. There we go. Okay. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> he played in the orangutan. He did. Yeah. The used car salesman. Yeah. Orangutan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been wanting to see Cold Souls for quite a while now. So awesome. Awesome. Let us do that up. That would be awesome. All right, then. I'm going to watch one of those shitty movies I heard from Netflix so I can return it. That's <laughs> what so Netflix is for, yep. so you can watch shitty movies. Yep. <laughs> I'm really not looking forward to any of those movies. 
Which ones do you have? I got uh, a British movie called In the Company of Wolves, uh, which is like a weird sort of modern day version of uh, Little Red Riding Hood, oh. but with werewolves. That sounds terrible. And Angela Lansbury. Oh, okay, I'm in now. <laughs> the guy who directed The Crying Game. Oh, wow. <laughs> this was like 1984. Golly. Yeah. Star-studded. Uh, and, uh, the bad guy from Tron. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else did I get? Uh, one that I'm actually looking forward to. I'm just not in the mood to watch it at any point right. soon. Uh, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Wow. Have you never seen that? Nope. Wow. And, uh, then, uh, another horror movie called, uh, Deadly End. Which uh, I think I heard uh, Crank recommended on the Crankcast yeah. like, three years ago, <laughs> and uh, it's been on my Netflix queue since. Then finally, just creeped up. To <laughs> See, you know, like you just brought up a good point. I think this is honestly why I always have trouble picking movies. I really do. I could never decide on something because when I'm about to pick a comic, it's because um, usually it's either because I've just read it. Or because I'm excited to read it, and like right. it's you know like as soon as I pick it, I'm gonna go home and start it. Movies though, I I usually am always like, you know, movies are something that I, I like to be in the mood for that type of film when when I watch it. Right. And I and like we always pick them, you know, a week ahead of time. Right. And it's always like, what am I gonna be in the mood for a horror movie next Sunday? Or right. you know, like I think maybe that's why I always have trouble deciding on a movie because, you know. I like to have, like, five movies in my hand and be like, okay, I'm sitting down right now. Which one am I going to watch? You know? Right, right. I, uh, I have an easier time picking movies because I do generally tend to want to watch a lot of movies. Uh, it seems, uh, at least for the past year, uh, that since I've been doing the uh, Sketch a Day blog, that uh, doing the show is the only time that I actually get to sit down and hopefully enjoy a movie. To pay full attention. Right, right, because uh, if I'm just sitting around watching a movie, I'm usually drawing at the same time. Right. To try to make up time. Uh, so, like, you know, on my own, I haven't fully immersed myself in a movie, uh, but, like, when we do one for the show or when uh, my friend Amanda comes over or whatever, then that's when I actually get a chance to watch a movie. Mm-hmm. You know? So I'm pretty much always in the mood for any movie at that point. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. yeah, I think you're more of a movie fan than I am. Yeah, yeah. But when I'm on my own, you know, it's just like, uh, you know, I want something that I can only partially pay attention to. Right. But then with something like Henry is something that I want to watch. Yeah. And not just sort of uh, glance up at it occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, like, uh, you know, if I'm drawing at the same time, I want to, uh, I want to have something that's going to keep me energized and motivated. Right. And so I don't want to watch a shitty, boring yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's a, it seems like a kind of a tightrope there. Yeah, yeah. Sweet though. Yeah. So yeah, Cold Souls. I'm uh, looking forward to that. Awesome. All right then. Well, let's uh, get the fuck out of Dodge here. Yeah. All right. Maybe we'll go outside and uh, throw some quarters into uh, some saxophone player's hat. <laughs> uh, by quarters, you mean foot up asses. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, could be. <laughs> I'm, I'm just expecting my car to be, like, keyed up and... <laughs> yeah, you're never going to notice. Yeah, yeah. 
cars all fucked up. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Uh, like, someone keying my car would be about as detrimental to me as someone licking my elbow. I'd be like, oh, that's annoying. Oh, whatever. <laughs> and I would just, after four seconds, I'd forget that it ever happened. Right. I couldn't care less. <clears throat> so keep my car if you see me sometime right. at a comic convention. Yeah. I know uh, my uh, my friend uh, uh, rammed her door into my car the other day. On purpose? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, we were parked next to each other, and uh, she was getting into her car to, to uh, grab some stuff or put some stuff away. I don't know. But she opened the door, and it was kind of windy, and so like you know Ooh, the yeah. momentum and everything just sort of right you know cracked uh, like the edge of her door right up against my door, and there's no serious damage or anything like that. And she was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." I'm like, whatever. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's a car. Yeah. Like, people freak out about cars and, like, keep them immaculately clean. And, like, to me, it's, like, you know, it's a mode of transportation. Like, right. you, know, you, you don't obviously don't want to leave, like, vomit in there or something. Right. But, but yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah, I just want to take care of it enough, though, that it still runs. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> That's all that matters. All right. Uh, this has been Car Talk. This has been Car Talk. We're the, we're the Tapper Brothers. I'm clicking your clack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wanted to be click. All right, so you can be click. Yeah! <laughs> I don't know which is which. <laughs> All right, let's laugh annoyingly. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Maybe let's pre-record that and put it on a loop. Yeah. <laughs> uh. And we're done. Goodbye. You can subscribe to Gutter Trash at iTunes or directly at guttertrash.net. If you go to iTunes, please leave us a review. You can email us at eric at guttertrash.net or jason at guttertrash.net. For more info, you can find us on Facebook. Or you can go to seanborn.net or buyerbeware.guttertrash.net. Listen to our sister podcast, League Night, at league.guttertrash.net. Thank you for listening. Until next time.